0: Welcome to Between the Horns. It is Wednesday, May 22nd. Miles Simmons across the table from DeMarco Far. What's up, d What's up, Miles? Is it Mund? It's Mund. How do you say that guy's
1: name? Johnny Munt? I al- Munt. See? I always avoid his d. name. It doesn't make any sense. 82, yes? I know. M-U-N-D-T. That doesn't Munt. make any
0: sense at all. I would have changed my name. I would have changed the spelling of my name. Make it easy. All right. Well, we've got Rams OTAs, (laughs) and that's how we're kicking the show off with the discussion of Johnny Munts' name. I'm just messing around. Yes. I'm looking uh, at the roster. That's why. Exactly. Um, No, but it's good to see the team back on the grass. Practices that we can actually see, you know, offense going against defense 11 on 11, really for the first time since February.
1: Yeah. Football stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, cool to see the guys Were I mean, I love seeing Aaron Donald's workout videos. Those are always fun. Yeah. But when you get the group of guys together, they're wearing all the same uniform and. And they're competing with each other, you know, on the field to get better. Yes. That is always the cool stuff. Watching yes. Talib and Marcus Peters go through the, the ropes, the ladder together. Uh, and they're competing. Um, let's start with the left foot. Let's start with the right foot. Let's go this way. Let's go that way. Oh, you can't do that? Try this. You know, watching Clay Matthews, getting used to him in a Rams uniform, do the same thing, but by himself. And then seeing others follow along doing what he's doing without being prompted to. All that stuff. Seeing Big Wit out there in a football uniform again. I laughed for a hot minute. Just looked at him and laughed. 37 years old and you're still doing it. He goes, yes, because I can. You're right. Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's, that's admirable, but just getting everybody on the field, watching the coaches do their thing. And you know, that's, it's always fun this time of year to get back into it.
0: It is. And it's partially because you're not really competing against an opponent. You're competing against the self. Yeah. And you're always competing to get better. And so it's interesting to see how guys go through that. And you, you brought up Aaron Donald and it's always fun to see his workout videos. I think it's cooler to see the workout videos when he's in Southern California. No doubt. Because he, has not been for this time of year, over the last couple of years is, you know, the team and uh, his representation were negotiating the contract extension. You know, no doubt. I, I would love
1: to see uh, if they could bring back the Jeep superstars or whatever they used to do to come athletes to compete with other athletes. The
0: Jeep superstars? Bro, it's, I have it's, no idea what you It's an old
1: about. ABC wide world of sports. They used to get like every athlete in America together and compete against each other. So I see. Yeah, it, it would be fun. But this, to see him compete with other athletes in other sports, because he's not just a good grunt D tackle. He's a phenomenal athlete. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Just to watch him go about his business. And he's already the best on game day. You can see that. But to watch him work, he's the best worker they have. He's got the best footwork. He's got the best technique, the best leverage. And it's all the time. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, so that stuff is always refreshing and fun to watch.
0: It's relentless the way that his work ethic goes through. Uh, I think you and I were sort of watching the defensive line drills going on at the same time. You were closer because I yes. know you want to feel that, you know, like that is your oh, old yeah. position. No, see, this is something that me and Ray Agnew, we, we used to always say
1: when we retire, we want to stand right next to it and just watch and laugh because we know what they're going to
0: do. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. that's exactly what the two of you were doing yesterday. Oh, yeah. It was, it was fun. Cracking it up it was watching Michael
1: that. Brockers who is the gray beard, right? He's yes. the oldest guy out there there turn around and look at us and see us laughing this is what we dreamed about this is our retirement we love doing this yeah.
0: <laughs> but it was great just to see Aaron going through those things so new defensive line coach Eric Henderson Ooh, yeah, set up this drill that I was very fascinated by so if I can describe it over radio so he's standing there and then, you know, the players have to come up and basically grab him on the chest as if it's a chest plate, right? Right. So then they have to shock him and shock him back, push him back, and then shed the arms, basically beat his arms down and mm-hmm. then go through these bags and hit the weighted ball at the end of it. So my thing was it's great to see all these guys going through this. It's a fun-looking drill. But when you see Aaron Donald do it and he's got to shove Eric Henderson back, it looks like Eric Henderson's head might fly off.
1: It could. <laughs> yeah, it, could. <laughs> no, it absolutely could. But I mean, look, you can tell there's a difference between Aaron and everybody else. I know Yeah, it's, that's just the way it is. But I mean, but <clears throat> Aaron likes to be coached. And I was really impressed with this coach. You have no choice but to get better. The guy that was on my mind. Besides Aaron and Michael Brockers, but Brockers was for a different reason because I'm laughing at him because he's old. Yes, just like we were. Um, it's it's Sebastian Joseph Day. Yeah, you have no choice with this coach but to get better. The way he's coaching, this is old school defensive line up tempo. You're going to be the best athletes on the field, which is the way it should be. Your D line should be the most coached. The your D line coach should be the loudest guy on the field because it's all effort and being relentless. Mm-hmm. So you have no choice under this guy but get better.
0: I was talking to Michael Brockers after practice yesterday, and I asked him about – T- uh, having Eric Henderson As his new defensive line coach What he said was interesting I'll just read his response here He said, I love him, man I love his energy That he brings every day He's out here coaching us Some of the older guys We're not really used to that When we hear a coach coaching us And it's like, ah, oh, yeah It feels good It's nothing bad But it's actually a good experience Where he can tell you If you did something wrong He doesn't care if you're The highest paid defensive end Defensive tackle, whatever He's out here to coach you And you get better And we appreciate that from No doubt,
1: Sebastian Joseph then. Day- Tanzel, Smart, Greg Gaines—they're being coached. Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers—they're—they're they're being challenged. You're vets. You know what to do. You've been in it. You know what I mean? What right. can I really tell you? But don't get lazy. Don't cheat on yourself. And that's why he's there. Exactly. Yeah, I love seeing that. So I mean, just the energy—you can tell from that side of the room, that side of the practice field. Was up over everyone else. And to me, that is the way it should be this time of year anyway.
0: Right. And the interesting thing too is they're not necessarily putting in Aaron Donald when they go team, at sort of live speed, because you can't yeah. go live. You're not tackling, it's not contact. But they're yeah. not really having Aaron Donald go in there. Yeah, I had to tell somebody.
1: Somebody asked me that. What's wrong with him? I said nothing. Why are they protecting him? They're not protecting him. <laughs> <laughs> They're not protecting Aaron from them. It's the opposite. Believe me, you don't want this guy out there when you don't have pads on. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, it's hard yes. enough to block him when you can actually put a helmet on him, put pads on him. Now you can't. You know, so he's just going to be in your back. He's going to live in your backfield. So offensively, you can't get anything done. Exactly. He's yeah. going to wreck the drill. Everything. Every, and that's what he's paid to do.
0: Yes. So if you want to move the ball on offense, the best thing to do is sit him on the sideline. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, what's interesting, though, what I've noticed in the first couple days of OTAs is this defense seems like it's going to be very matchup based. So, you were talking about Sebastian Joseph Day. Right now, he is sort of slotted in there as one of the guys. A great bubble, Miles. A great bubble. A great bubble. bubble. We talked about about it with Henderson.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. you. We were talking about guys that are made to run. How yes. do we know? Because you look at their butt. You look at a DT. He's got he's got a great bubble. He's got now, junk in the trunk. He does. Now, That's what if, you need, man. If he does the Brockers right because Brockers came in looking kind of this not kind of the same way or almost kind of the same way. If you kind of decrease what's in the gut area. increase what's in the butt area, oh yeah, you're going to have something special.
0: Yes, exactly. So he's been lining up uh, in the defensive line sometimes as a nose tackle. Mm -hmm. I think Greg Gaines, there's a competition there the way I see it right now between Sebastian Joseph Day and Greg Gaines. Uh, Michael Brocker said that Joseph Day has made some really good strides over the course of the last year. He wants to be involved. He wants to be one of those guys that hears his name called, you know? So this is somebody who, because he's been in the system, has a bit of a leg up right now, and he can show what he can do in this time kind of year,
1: he's young. He's he's athletic. He's been in the system. He's seen it. He's watched it. Now he wants a little bit of it. He wants to be out there. Yeah, you Dude, could see think about the, it. You could see the light bulb above his head.
0: He ah. didn't get to play last year, aside from the preseason. He didn't even really get to put on pads. Yeah. once the regular season started, because he was always inactive. Now
1: let me tell you a quick story about how I started. Um, I didn't know I was inactive until game day, because. I think they were afraid to tell me because I was going hard in practice and it was obvious. I should be up or at least I thought so. That was my thought. And some of the old linemen, you should be up. So every game day when I go to my locker and I'd find out I was deactivated, I would get depressed. Then I would come in faster to try to get dressed before they took my stuff out. you know. But (laughs) I would get depressed when I was deactivated for like the first four weeks. And then the one day my pads were there, it was like, okay, got it. I kind of get the same feeling from him. Like, seeing him walk around with uh, Franklin Myers. And they would always walk together for warmups. And I think he just found out that he's not going to play today. But you can tell he really wanted to show what he can do. So now there's no restrictions. Now you get to earn reps. You know what I mean? If yes. you show what you can do now... Through mini camp, through training camp, you will be out there with the big boys. You'll get a seat at the table.
0: You will, and one of the great things about him and other young guys like Morgan Fox, who played a, a decent amount during the 2017 season, but of course he tore his ACL during the offseason program last year. He's another one of those guys that seems to be getting into that defensive line rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I, I asked Michael he Brockers about hit. those guys? Yeah, What's he that? needs a
1: hit record. And he's a what? Morgan Fox needs a hit record. He was on fire and then he got hurt. So he kind of fell off. Right. Yes. He needs a hit record. He needs to. Oh, we need to get pads on. We need to get on the field in preseason so we can start talking about him more. You know
0: what I mean? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I. It took me a second to figure out what you were talking about because you said hit record and you went to like a music analogy yeah. and my mind is like on football and I'm like, you're, what are you talking you're about? You're a music guy. I am you know a music guy. I mean, guy, just, when you said that, when it like got to the part of my brain yeah. that like is associating with music, I was like, oh, that's what he's talking yeah. about. But yes, he needs a hit record.
1: I love this music. And then you don't hear from this person and you fill that void with three or four different artists and you may go five or six years with those guys. <laughs> And you forgot all about this guy down here. Then all of a sudden you come up with something hot. You're right back mainstream again.
0: Yes. So he needs a hit record. Yes, he does. Um, but the, the point I'm trying to make here is that these guys now have a lot of this opportunity. And when you see what they're doing, Brockers told me that you feel better on Sundays when maybe you need a blow because you're playing defensive line and defensive line is a hard position to play. Most defensive linemen do not play basically a hundred percent of snaps. Like, Aaron Donald does, mm-hmm. like Don Canseco did last year. You feel better when you see these young guys are working. They're taking things in. They're learning, and they can process things so that they can be on the field right. and be heavy, good contributors. And you get to maybe take a play that yeah. you need.
1: We had a group, and I, 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 I don't know if it's insensitive to say it. Probably is. It should remain in the locker room. So if you if you have to ask that question to yourself before yeah. you say it. It's it's very insensitive now, but we we labeled them this sort of group because they would just absolutely screw up practice. Our, mm. our backups, third, and, uh, our second and thirds, not really the second guys. Our backups were great, but the third and fourth string guys were just terrible. They couldn't even line up, right? So we would have to practice more because they didn't know what to do. So we felt like they were doing it on purpose. Huh. So we labeled them this group.
0: <laughs> this group that, that – yeah. yeah, let's let's just not yeah. say what it is. You can tell me that off the So I, I know what that. he's talking about. So, I mean, you,
1: you have to trust, hey, look, it's practice. We're all professional. We have work to do, and we only have an hour and a half, two hours to get it done. So – our coach on this side of the football, we have 50 things that we need to get done. This is what we talked about. This is what we rep. This is what we just talked about right before we hit the field. So we want to get X, Y, and Z done so we can move on to the next page of the defense and installation, right? So if we keep screwing this up, we're going to have to stay here. And stay here, and stay here, which affects everyone. Yes. So, you want to be able to trust those guys when they go on the field, uh, that they know what they're doing. So at least you can keep some continuity. But here's where it changes: when those young guys get in, and the reps you give up, and they start making plays, yeah, I bet your ass you won't be coming out
0: anymore. <laughs> Guaranteed. Yeah. Yes. So that's one thing that is going to be interesting to monitor. Uh, since we're here on the defensive line, quick sidebar: uh, what do you think is Sue going to the Bucks? Oh, good for him. Um, I wonder what he signed for.
1: It can't be anything close to what he was making here or Probably what not. McCoy was making. right? Um, so whatever he signed for is what M- McCoy wouldn't take. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm sure they wanted him to take a pay cut from that 13 mil. But, um, you know, Sue, McCoy, Donald, to me, as far as DTs, I mean, it was one, two, three, and that order changed. It was always the same three guys over and over again. So um, – I think Tampa made a smart move. You lost one of the best DTs and you signed the best on the free agent market that was available. Right. Yeah. Uh, different styles, you know, if you're expecting a quick get off, like you see in McCoy, you won't get that out of Sue. You're going to get a lot of power.
0: So different styles, same result. We will see, uh, can Sue with the bucks provided. I mean, he's there and everything, but the bucks do come to the Coliseum this year. So yay. Good, good, good luck for, uh, the guys up front, Brian Allen, Joe Noteboom. Shake hands, um, high five, and let's let's Bryce. go. It's just like practice. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, this is awesome live. Life.
1: And this is live. I get to cut you now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in practice, I had to stay up.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, now it's different. Yeah. yeah that, that is very true. Uh, also, so on the Rams' defense, I think – it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the back end of things because a lot of the time now you see teams going to more spread formations, things like that. And the Chargers did something interesting toward the end of the season where they were using basically seven defensive backs almost all the time. They did that successfully in a couple of games. I don't necessarily see the Rams taking that exact (coughs) approach, but when you draft somebody like Taylor Rapp, you probably have an idea that you're going to use your dime package more. And the Rams did do some of this toward the end of last season, but you're probably going to use your dime package more often than you would have in the past. True.
1: You, uh, safeties are going to be big, huge in this defense, obviously. Yes. Uh, that's the one thing I did look at when I saw rap, and then I saw how they're going to use uh, Clay Matthews. Mm-hmm. Y- you're going to be versatile. And it, you're pretty much set up for the division when you think about it. Yes, you I to You've got to face Russell Wilson, so you've got to have speed and you've already got experience and you've beaten the guy up there, too. Uh, you've got to have speed for Kyla Murray. He changes a lot, right? No doubt. So you're going to be have to be be able to run. And then when you play guys like Garoppolo, more traditional, you're going to have to get pressure the the old-fashioned way. You've got that. We've just talked about him. So I think you're set up to compete within your division and win it Um, and with everyone else. So depending on how you're attacked or how this offense wants to come at you, Wade Phillips is going to have a lot of options and a lot of personnel packages he can go to. Now, it's not just the matchup. He can also throw stuff on the field to where that offense can't keep up with the speed on defense. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yes. So there's a lot more versatility this year.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things that I was thinking about, too, as I was watching OTAs the last couple of days. It seems like this defense is very fast just from all levels, all perspectives. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about linebackers, Micah Kaiser's a fast guy. Little guy. He can. Yeah, yeah he can move. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? So that's one of those things where I think that helps the Rams because you need speed on defense just generally. You want to be able to cover sideline to sideline. Now, also, you have guys that will come up and tackle you. Right. Eric Weddle has not necessarily made a living out of being a guy that will hit you, but yeah. he knows how to wrap up and tackle when he needs to. John Johnson is a very sure tackler. right? <laughs> no doubt. Taylor Rapp has this reputation from college of also being a guy that will come up and hit you. And Marquis Christian, I think, we have to start talking about a little bit more because he was the one who was in those dime packages <coughs> last year, right? and as of right now, he still is. So the rookie's gonna have to come and take that job, and Marquis Christian oh, is no doing a decent job right now, well, at least on yeah. the field as I see it. I,
1: I, there, there would be no way he would be able to come in and take his job. There, not, no, there's no way. I would bet 100 bucks on that. What do you mean? Marquis Christian yeah. playing that same role that Dime Package when we saw him in the box as another as the mm-hmm. third safety, so to speak. Yeah. He's good at it. He is. Yeah, and he's going to want more of that. And if I'm Wade Phillips, I'm going to use that because he's big, he's fast, he can run, he can take on blocks, he can tackle, he can do everything you just mentioned. I'd be shocked if Taylor Rapp can be that good that fast this early. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I expect Marquise Christian to be a big part of this defense.
0: Look, there's a lot that has to go on in order to a learn the defense and yeah. master the defense mm-hmm. and be able to execute and play like your hair is on fire, where you're not thinking about everything that you have to do. Right. So, and I don't think that that is saying anything negative about Taylor Rapp. That's no, just not at that's all. life.
1: No, that's that's talking more about Marquise Christian than you know, being anything negative towards Taylor Rapp. Yes. He just got here. Exactly. Christian's The guy that's been out there in some key situations in this defense where you really need to make a play. Exactly. So
0: that's one of the big positives, I think, of this safety group in mm-hmm. particular. You can do things where you can maybe have John Johnson cover the tight end while you have two guys that are deep safeties in Eric Weddle and Marky mm-hmm. Christian or you can make it different, right? John Johnson can go back and cover deep and Eric Weddle's maybe going to cover the tight end Mm -hmm. and and it, it allows that versatility where the offense might not know exactly what's coming.
1: Right. I'm guessing this is just me thinking, watching how they're setting up with the athletes they have and how confusing they're going to be. I bet one of those three safeties winds up with five sacks. Oh, that's a g- oh, I like that. On we gotta mark that down on pressures. I, I, it's just like when you go back to the old Man, Pittsburgh Steelers days with with uh, Paul Mullen. Yeah, you know he's a safety. He's a safety. Next thing you know, he's in your backfield. You know what I mean? He's leaping over your well, offensive that's him. line. That's him. That's him being special. That's that's the Canton guy. But yes, just the way they used him. Ed Reed, same way. Ed Reed is he's a safety. He's a deep safety. All of a sudden, he's in your backfield chasing your quarterback down. You know what I mean? Yes. He's got speed going either direction on on the field. When is
0: Paul eligible eligible? To go to camp, I believe soon, very, very soon. He's a
1: first ballot no-brainer Hall of Famer. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah. No
1: yeah, question. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you you can't game plan for him. It's like back in the day trying to game plan for Junior Seau. Mm-hmm. How in the hell can we predict what he's going to do when his own team can't? So
0: he was, he retired after the 2014 season. So it's like five
1: years, right? Yeah. Five years. Yeah. So So it's probably this
0: next class. It's a no brainer.
1: Um, the the biggest question is how does he go? How does his, what does his bust look like? (laughs) How do you put the hair on Is it going to be up or is it going to be down? Because they say, this is, this is what I've heard from people that played with him. Uh It's always up until game day. No, I'm serious. Like, you see Troy one way, and then when you see the hair down, that means...
0: It's, it's game the, time, the, baby. The switch has been flipped, right. Uh, he was such an excellent player. Uh, you look at his stats, 32 career interceptions, 3 return for a touchdown, 14 forced fumbles, yeah. 7 fumble recoveries, 2 returned for a touchdown, and then he also had 12 sacks over and, the course of his career. And, I mean, those numbers alone right there,
1: Canton-worthy, but that only tells about 20% of the story. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh Special guys. Uh, so that sort of – this sort of defense and this sort of versatility can unleash somebody like that. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, the guy that I would expect suspect to be that sort of guy, and we haven't seen him do it, is actually John Johnson the third. You know, I mean, he's great at everything you ask him to do. Now, if you actually turn him loose in the defense, just be instinctive, go make plays, you'll start to see stuff like that. I agree with you,
0: and it's interesting because he has shown that he can make plays both in the run game and in the passing game in coverage. So that, that interception that he had at San Francisco, mm-hmm. when he basically just ripped the ball away from George Kittle, yeah, that was one of the better plays I've seen from a safety since covering this. Oh,
1: game. no doubt. Um, uh, with this. Funny story. I'm not even sure if he remembers, and I can't remember who they were playing that day, but uh, he was a rookie. He had just come back. This is right after he was inserted into the lineup when they let Mo Alexander go.
0: Oh, so this is uh, week five against Seattle back in 2017.
1: It might have been, been Seattle, but he had, I think he was beaten for a touchdown, and he removed himself from the bench, like all players do when they're upset, and went to the side and got on his knees. Right, Because he was mad, because he got beat. And I told him, they can see you. Seattle can see you right now. Mm. If you show them that you're stewing about this, they're going to keep coming after you. You're a professional, right? Yeah. You make plays, you give up plays, act the same. Yeah. Went back to the bench. You know what I mean? So watching him become that rookie that was afraid to make mistakes to the guy that didn't make mistakes— Let's see what the next level is going to be. A guy that will take chances and start making plays. He's got that in him.
0: I always say that first you gotta color inside the lines mm-hmm. and then you can start doing whatever else that you want to do oh, yeah. to make it look better. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. gotta know how to you gotta know how to play inside the box before you get you start reaching out well, of well, it. Well, give that kid some spray cans and go start tagging buildings. <laughs> yeah, you're an artist, bro. Go ahead. <laughs> That was, that was a nice little analogy Thank you. there. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, linebacker spot, though. It seems like there's kind of a competition between Micah Kaiser and Bryce Hager, at least from the first couple of days, Ooh. to see who will be that second inside linebacker next to Corey Littleton. Ooh, Yes, sir. We asked this before.
1: A fifth round, seventh rounder, or a second year, fifth or fourth rounder? Michael Kaiser. A
0: fifth-year seventh-rounder or a second-year fifth-rounder is what you were saying. Second-year
1: fifth-rounder yes. or a fifth-year seventh-rounder. Yes. Yeah, which one is should be the better player? We're going to find out. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's is what that a,
0: I don't know the answer. Right,
1: that's—but, I mean, when you look at Bryce Hager and his life, when you look at his bio, you know, he might be one of the most decorated guys on the team. It's not like he can't play. Right. You know, now he's been relegated to special teams for a while because— That's just the way it was. And he's good at it. And he's very good. But now there's a spot open. And when you think about it, the experience he has, there's no reason he shouldn't be on the field unless... He can't unseat Micah
0: Kaiser. Sure. So we're going to find out. Yes. Yes, yes we are. It's funny that, you you know, we talk about Bryce Hager. You play with his dad. His dad? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. I see him every game day and we we talk and we always talk about those damn training camps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, he's so proud of his son. You know, I know how pr- he's so proud of his son that he refuses to talk about him. Really? We talk about everything in the world. Football. Politics, the sky—we never talk about him. That's how proud he is. Because he's just there's just not much to say. Or what? Uh, that's I mean when I get, see, see, it, okay, when, I get it way, when I get it the other way when uh, I get it the other way that's 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 a concern for me. When all you want to talk about is your kid. Uh. <laughs>
0: Man, I I don't know. I don't have kids. I don't I don't it's have any. It's a weird any, deal. It's a weird. I don't deal. have any conception of this. Yeah, it's like, a weird what? deal.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's 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 strange when it's just like effusive praise about your kid. It's like you're almost begging somebody to notice him.
0: Right. Yeah. If you that makes any sense. Uh, yes, yeah. it does. I mean, so yeah. in this, when it's this way, you feel like the, you, the the parent is not begging the child or the, the other person to notice the child because the child has already done enough. Something like that. It's just Something weird. Like maybe that. it's just this. Is that how you talk about your daughters? It's because we're
1: teammates. We were teammates at one point, and his son is here, and we were in the same uniform, so maybe it's a little bit of that. But you, you can tell he is so proud of his son. Sure. Yeah.
0: Yes, yes, no doubt about it. I think what's interesting about Micah Kaiser, though, is he has that special team experience and now he is the kind of guy who was just around right like in he did an interview recently with Serena Morales and that was posted uh, to the Rams.com so you can go read it but basically what he was saying is that I didn't have much to do over the course of the off season I was here I was training I'm getting myself better getting mm-hmm. myself ready to go so when a guy has that kind of singular focus it almost sort of reminds me of John Johnson in the way John Johnson went from year 1 to year 2 where he was training in Carlsbad alone basically in what was effectively an Airbnb mm-hmm. rental that he just got and you know he was watching TV he'd go eat sometimes and he was go to yoga and he was going and training at the Exos facility and that's mm-hmm. when we did our story on him so So when you have somebody who has that kind of singular focus, I think it can only help the team and it can only help that guy in terms of trying to earn that role that he wants. No
1: doubt. No doubt. Look, there's a role out there. There's there's reps to be had. There's a position on the defense that you can fill. Right. Yes. Or that Bryce Hager can fill. Mm -hmm. Either way, Wade Phillips is looking for a guy. He's looking to hire a guy. (laughs) You know what I mean? So. You're going to get equal opportunity at the job. So make the best of your reps. That's all you can do.
0: Every day is an interview. That's what Greg Williams always said. I remember that. Yeah, he said a lot of stuff. Didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I think I can still hear him. Put your junk in the seat. He's in New York now, right? He is. He's, he's with he's the Jets.
1: Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. What happened to the, the jobs that he said he could have?
0: He said he had so many offers. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, okay, I, I I will like say that I fun. do too, Greg. Yeah. I he was very very good to me. He was always nice. He always said hello, and I will always appreciate that. Oh yeah. And you know after um, that staff had uh, was removed in the 2016 season, and he went to Cleveland, went to the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Ran into him and he said, hey, Miles, I told you our pads would cross again. That's so my dude. He's, Yes,
1: yeah, I love him. There's a song. It's the Twisted Sister song. We're not going to take it. It's the end. Oh, I love of, that song. It's the end of the song when Dee Snyder yells out, come on. It always reminds <laughs> me of Greg Williams because that's what he said. Come on. When he's yelling at his
0: defense, right? Knock him back. Yes. Yes. But every time I hear that song, I think of him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but also, let's talk about this. Uh, Cooper Cup. Oh, yeah. So it's good to see him back on the field. His rehab is going well. He's one of those guys that and we figured that this would happen. Sean McVay, the training staff, kind of have to, like, pull the reins on him. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <coughs> Let's not put your, push yourself too hard. We want to make sure that you're not doing anything that would jeopardize your recovery. And mm-hmm. that's really what they've had to do. It was funny. Jared Goff said in his press conference the other day that he almost feels like Cooper Cup needs a shot collar so that if he's doing too much and just him like no stop it right right yes but that's the kind of player in person cooper cup is so it's good to see his recovery going so well i like guys that are doing it for the right reasons when they're like that when
1: you have to have a shot caller i like that that's funny it is funny. um i can't stand guys that are doing that just so the trainer notices them
0: oh no that, that well, that's not cooper cup at all no, no i i think he's
1: it's just like a horse that got hurt that's learning to run again you know what i mean mm-hmm. this is what he does this is what he wants to do um so having to slow him down for his own good. Great. <laughs> that's that's great. But from the looks of him, it looks like he's going to be just fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There have been so many advancements in, you know, ACL recovery like that. would used to be a more devastating injury huh? than it seems to be today. And it depends on the person and every, all these things are different. But yeah,
1: Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, uh, Freddy Krueger. What are all some serial killers in movies? I mean, like the scariest people in on in like on the silver screen, Chucky, uh, Chucky. Okay, in that same group would be ACL. Yeah, you're just terrified of it. Especially like my group, my yes, era was yes, terrified yes. because the guys that came before us. This is like the 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 Stone Age of ACL surgery. When you blew your ACL back in the day, they put a hip cast on you. Wow. Yeah. So your career was basically done yeah. if you blew your ACL. So. That was always the worst thing you could hear. And if you had any sort of knee tweak on the field, that's the first thing you thought. God, I hope I didn't blow this thing out because my career might be over. It's different now. I mean, guys have made it back. They can make it back within a year Mm -hmm. under that to come back and play. So the ACL injury, no one wants it, but it's not so scary anymore.
0: It's not. It's almost like Tommy John surgery in baseball. Yeah. where Except guys in baseball— Are
1: opting for Tommy John before they get hurt. I know. How crazy is that? That's insane to me. I
0: don't really understand that. But I mean, apparently it helps you pitch better. Yeah and then so you can come yeah. back even further even yeah. better than than ever it, it, so right now Cooper Cup is doing some things on the side with trainers during OTA practices but then when the Rams have gone through their jog through <clears throat> session, so they're 11 on 11 and they're not really going at live speed, we've seen Cooper Cup on the field do participating mm-hmm. in those kinds of things, so they're just jogging through things, Goff isn't throwing the ball and things like that, so that's a really good sign, I think and McVay's thing has always been, he said that the Rams want to get Cooper cup back to competition and performance level by week one. So it's not just that he can be out there. It's that he can really be as effective as he was before the injury happened.
1: No doubt. Um, and it's funny. Uh, I don't want to call the guy injury prone. Uh, but back way back when, when Danny Amendola was your slot guy, Mm -hmm. every hit you worried, was this what, Is this going to be the one that puts him out for the day, for the game, for the year? Sure. And nine times out of ten, you were right. Okay, he's out. You know what I mean? He's out for today. He's out for this week. He's out for the year. Um, I don't feel the same with Cup. I really don't. Um, It may be just because Danny was unlucky or that's just the way his body type is. I just don't feel that same thing looking at Cooper Cup.
0: Cooper Cup is a guy that hasn't really been injured much over the course of his playing career, going back high school, college, things like that, that just has not— really been his MO. So I think yeah. that's part of what makes this process a little bit more difficult for him. And what he was saying the other day, um, after the first OTA on, on Monday, <coughs> is that the most difficult part was being separated from his teammates. You know, when you can't go to meetings because you're still doing rehab, when you can't even be where your teammates are to help them and to support them in any way you can. Yeah. He said that was very difficult for him. I've been on IR.
1: I was on IR once. Twi- mm-hmm. Once. Once. And it's like you don't exist. Uh-huh. It sucks because really, you don't. Right. They got. They have to get ready to play the Redskins. They can't use you. You can't help them. So I don't even look at you. <laughs> you right. Know what I mean? Right. And it's rough. And you can't get that same feeling anywhere else. So it, it's it makes you want to get back faster than you should. So that's why some guys rush back. So. I like the idea of a shot caller, you know, I'm really, I mean, because I think you've proven to everyone that you can play and you're a valuable member of this football team. We need you 100%. We don't need you back tomorrow just to prove something to us. Yes. Get healthy, get right. And when we start competing in September,
0: let the world have it. Yes, exactly. So Lindsay Theory of ESPN pointed this out um, in an article the other day, and she wrote, "According to ESPN stats and information research, when Cooper Cup was not on the field last year, the Rams' first down percentage dropped from forty-seven to thirty-eight percent. And without Cup, Jared Goff's completion percentage fell from seventy-one to sixty-one percent, while his yards per attempt dipped from nine point three to seven point two. Now that I think." as to do with a lot of things that happen over the course of a season, right? Mm-hmm. As you get to the second half, teams start to figure out a little bit more of what you're doing. The Rams played better defenses in the last half of the season, I would say, than they played in the first half. Mm-hmm. Chicago clearly being one of those teams. The Eagles also did some things that disrupted the Rams flow on offense as mm-hmm. they lost both of those games. Now, Then you also had in the playoffs, Playoffs? the defenses again, Yeah, right? You saw the Rams go against um, the Saints, and now that turned out. And also we all know how the Super Bowl turned out. So there are some things that go into that. (laughs) But I think it does illustrate how valuable Cup is. To this offense And it's why the Rams Want to get him back At that competition And performance level Not just him Being on the field I agree Shout out to Lindsay, By the way Yeah What information Stat system Did
1: she just quote ESPN stats and information ESPN stats and info Yeah man I want to be I want that job what, all, just crunch numbers all day long and spit I would stuff not out. Want that, to... <laughs> that, that sounds like fun. It, it, it's just probably fun,
0: but at the same time, like, I like I like being out on the grass. Well, I mean that's part of it. it.
1: I mean if you get as as long as you get to do that, too, okay. But just that's fun. But she mentioned first down in particular, right? Mm-hmm. Makes a whole lot of sense. When we talk about Cooper Cup, we talk about his versatility and how good of a football player he is. How good? How well he can block how deceptive he is. So some of those first down plays that McVeigh likes to pick on defenses with, when you're thinking heavy run, here comes Todd Gurley, all of a sudden it's not, it's a pass. It's probably going to Cup. Right. You know, so you lose that. You lose some of your deception
0: on offense. It makes sense. It does. And I don't think this takes away from anything that Robert Woods was able no. to do while filling in that position. No. Or Josh Reynolds, who came in and was effective Can, as yeah. an outside
1: player. Can I explain something with that, with Robert Woods versus Cooper Cup? Um, and they're both great players. Yeah. And he filled in for Cooper Cup. OK, Aaron Donald's great, right? Yes. OK, let's play him a defensive end for the rest of the year. Right. Right. He's, he's tremendous, right? But at defensive end, he's probably not going to be as dominant as he is at his natural position. So it makes sense. Cooper Cup is great at this. Robert Woods is great at that. Put them together. You've got a great receiving core. No doubt. You know what I mean? Yes. But if you have to, he can fill in admirably, but... I mean, Cooper Cup is a specialist in that area, just like Robert Woods is.
0: Yes, if, yeah, at at his position at Z. Yes, no he absolutely yeah. is, and that's why when you have Cooks, Woods, and Cup, they are so effective because each one knows how to dominate his role.
1: Right, uh, and they all see it from the same way. It's so funny. You'll see Goff, and within a step, you'll see Woods, Cooks, or Cup. I mean, either walking to the locker room, walking to their cars, they're always together. So all four guys see
0: the field the same way. So they know where the ball's going even before Jared does. That's funny. When we were in the parking lot having a conversation the other day. That's, it was Jared Goff and Robert Woods, like, or excuse me, it was Jared and Brandon Cooks. Right. Basically walking up at the same and time. And Robert
1: Woods walked out th- like... Two minutes before that, yeah. you know, they were act, they were all together. So they see the field the same way. That to me is how you become special on offense.
0: Yes. So the there are two other people that need to start developing this in terms of seeing the field the same way. And I think that they're on their way to it. That's Brian Allen and Jared Goff. So mm. when you have to integrate a new center, that's something that is a little bit complicated because it takes time. Right. Especially when you're going from somebody who was as veteran as much of a seasoned veteran. And I should say, as John Sullivan yeah. to somebody like Brian Allen, who <coughs> I think did everything right in terms of trying to follow exactly what John Sullivan was doing yeah. and learn as much as he possibly could so that he could step into that role eventually. But no th- doubt. This is going it, to, it's a process. No
1: doubt. Uh, I, I think a guy, he's a friend of mine. I love him. We have some, we have mutual friends in common, um, a guy that deserves to be in the hall of fame just because of who he played with, is Jeff Saturday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you played with Peyton Manning. So whatever you heard in the huddle, guaranteed is going to change. You know what I mean? Yes. And you've got to be in tune with what (laughs) this maniac behind you is doing.
0: (laughs) Yes. Right?
1: And you've got to communicate to everybody, you know, to your right and your left at the same time. It's kind of a similar thing here with Jared Goff. It's not so manic because Peyton ran the show. Aaron Rodgers runs the show. Yes. But things are going to change in this offense, and you've got to be able to change and anticipate the change. So... We have play A on, right? So Jarrett changes it. Or he's about to change it. You think he's going to change it because we're getting a look that we haven't seen. Mm -hmm. You have to be just as fast as he is at center with a guy lined up right over your nose. That's tough. It is. That's tough. So it it takes experience. It takes reps. But – I'm confident in this coaching staff that they can get him ready to play mentally. Physically, I have no doubts. The guy's neck, his arms, and his thighs are all the same size. <laughs> I have no doubt, no <laughs> doubt that physically he can root guys out and hold the point and move people off the football. But mentally in this offense, I mean you're gonna need reps, no doubt.
0: You are. And that, that's something that has to that, that you just have to practice. And I again it's not anything that is bad. It's just something that you have to be able to do. That's what OTAs are for. It's right. what mini camp and training camp are for. So the interesting thing right now is that Jared Goff said at his press conference on Monday that he feels like he has has. has to take more ownership over the way these things need to go, which is, True. Yeah. That's what you expect, though, out of your fourth year, number one overall pick QB. I don't mm-hmm. think that there's anything wrong with that. But as this partnership forms, there there's just something that it, it it's something that both of them have to take a step yeah. in order to make sure that this works out well.
1: No doubt you got Witt there. Witt's going to help you with mm-hmm. that. Um, Witt and Jared are, are close and tight. And, you know, uh, when we were in Florida uh, for that extended training camp in Jacksonville, Jackson, right, yeah. right before we went to London, London in 17. Um, 17- Just seeing, you know, Jared with Witt and with Sully, the two old guys and the quarterback talking, they took him under their wing. Well, now it's Jared's turn. You have a young center that you have to get ready to go. Take him under your wing. Take him with you everywhere you go. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, Have him get used to your voice, your commands, your everything, you know, because Jared is the guy. So even if you have a disagreement, he's right. Yes. Right. And if you have something that you think is going to work. Save it for the sideline. Yep. Right. But on the field, he's the captain. He's the he's in charge. I do what he says.
0: To that end, when the Rams declined John Sullivan's option, Brian Allen told the story the other day. Jared Goff apparently called him, reading Brian Allen, and said, Hey, it's your show. Get ready. Because yeah. this is this is us. We are the partnership. We're the battery now. So I need you to be ready. And so since then they've they've connected and, and done all those uh, things. Yeah, you've
1: got no chance to me. that this is the position I played. And I bet if you ask Aaron Donald Michael Brockers, anybody on the D line. If you've got a punk center, you've got no shot on offense. If you've got a punk center, I'm I'm dead serious. If you've got a guy that you can tell that's got no heart, no confidence, no anything, you have no chance on offense. Really. (laughs) Anything you want to do defensively, you can. We can stop the run when we want because we can just knock this guy backwards, right? Yes. A pass rush. We We can run any stunt because this guy has no heart. You know what I mean? But if your center is nasty, if he's If he's an Alex Mack type, where he's the best guy on the field, man, that offense is dangerous. I could care less what other parts you have.
0: I think you could tell that difference. If there's one game where you could probably tell the difference in that, I'm thinking about it. 2016, Falcons versus Rams at the Coliseum. Yeah, yeah. Where you have a guy like Alex Mack. Right. Yeah. And he's doing whatever he has to do. And that offense is still as efficient as I'll get out, even though their top two wide receivers <coughs> weren't playing. Right. And then you see the Rams offense, which did not have any success, basically, and went down 42 to nothing.
1: In that that game. game begat this run. It did. If You ask me. It did. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's nice to know when you have like a top flight center. And I think if you any center, especially a guy like Brian Allen, he's got the tools, the goods. If you keep working at it and you, if the mental side matches the physical, when you go into a game knowing that you can pick up six on this inside give because our guy's just better, you can coach with that. Or I know that we can call this sort of pass protection and get no heat from the middle because this guy is so good. It makes you a better offense. It does. Yeah. I mean, now when you know that you can't, you look like Arizona last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah who was replacing their center, right? They had issues there. So everything
0: was going backwards for them exactly. because of that spot. A- exactly. So the, the one thing that I think is funny that when a quarterback has to get used to a new center – so Jared Goff, the way he put this was kind of diplomatic. He said everybody snaps different, right? Mm-hmm. But the one thing that you've really got to get used to when you're a quarterback and you've got a new center, you got to put your hands under somebody else's rear end. <laughs> Like, and everybody, it's not just everybody snaps different. It's everybody's rear end is probably a little bit different. A little bit. A little bit. I mean, that's between them. That's between those exactly. two guys. They got to work that
1: out. You know they what do. I mean? Yeah. That's a lot of trust. <laughs> Both ways. Yes. <laughs> that's a lot of trust. It's got to be. Because I know some, like, Burn Brostick uh, was a, a senior when I was a true freshman at Washington. Okay. Turned out to be a first round center to the Rams huh. here. Uh, so if, if our quarterbacks mess with him, he'd give it back. You, remember, you got to stick your hands under here. Yes. And Byrne was a nasty Samoan type. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He let you have it see so like eat a bunch of chili before <laughs> he just just don't mess with burn. We'll just leave it there. Family show. <laughs>
0: uh yeah, yeah, I guess it is. Uh there are a couple of rule changes that I, I saw come across this morning and they have to do with banning drills in training camp and certain drills in training camp. So, they want to prevent training camp concussions. Yeah, yeah. So, they're taking away the Oklahoma drill, <sighs> uh King of the Circle or Bull in the, the bull ring, ring drill. Yes. Well, no
1: one I don't think anyone does bull in
0: I'm now so, and then they're also taking away half line drill. Really?
1: Yes. So that's the one. God, I just went high pitched, didn't I? Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh,
0: half line is outlawed. Yes. Oh, come on. I'm like, I'm a little. What are we doing here? Well, the Oklahoma drill and Bull in the Ring, King of the Circle, whatever you want to call it. I haven't seen those in a professional practice since. I've worked here in all of the yeah. pro practices that I've ever seen. I I've never seen an Oklahoma drill. Oh, People dude. still doing Oklahoma drills in the pros. Well,
1: I, I, I don't want to speak for him and I can't be for certain because Wade Phillips stretches back until what the 60s, 70s. Yeah. I bet if he had his druthers, he would use it. It's a great tool. It teaches you to get ready for contact. Fair. It's just a straight up inside drill. It's you got to put your hat in the V of the neck. I know Now you can talk about it. You can diagram it. But until you actually do it, you don't know what it feels like. I hated the Oklahoma drill in high school. I hated that so much. Everyone hates it. It's 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 a tough drill. It's not for the faint at heart. But here's where I here's where I come down on it. I like that the NFL is trying to make it safer. I think the Oklahoma Oklahoma drill is necessary. Um, you don't need to do it as much as some coaches do. Sure. Now, when you're doing it for a half hour straight, that's ridiculous. Yes. You're trying to get somebody knocked out and give them a concussion. One or two reps get out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and who's to stop players from lining up and doing it on their own? I um, would. You can't get – you can't simulate full-speed contact with a sled. No, you can't. That sled is not trying to grab you. That sled's not trying to chop you. That sled is not trying to hurt you, you right, know what I mean? Right, right, The sled just stands there and takes a pounding, so uh, – I need I needed Oklahoma drill. Okay. But I don't need to do it 5 6 times in a row. That's ridiculous.
0: Right. No, I, I agree with you. The the one that I'm sort of confused by is the half line drill. So, to me, what is the difference if you're saying you're you're not going to do half line drill and what's the difference between that and just inside run? Okay, I'll let you
1: in on a little secret, right? Okay, it's a defensive drill. It is. Okay. Um Most drills are for the offense. They favor the offense, and they should. Half-line drill definitely favors the defensive side because you're only facing half the line. Right. So guess where the ball's going?
0: Well, it's going to one side.
1: Right. So basically, I get the tee off and hit you in the head. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'm always going to line up to the outside of you, like on that side. So you have to come get me. So it's going to be a high speed collision and it's it's not going to be to your benefit. Okay. so I I get that. Okay. but I mean, I think half lines important because sometimes in a game your offense is going to have to root guys out when you're at a, a a positional disadvantage you know, they've got you, they're lined up to this place. We're going to have to root guys out and knock them off the ball to make this play work. Right. I still think that's valuable.
0: Well, I think that I, to me, I, like I said, I see that more as analogous to like an inside run drill, but if if it's only one part of the line, then if you expand that with the inside run drill, then that would be both sides of the line. And then you are, you know, it's, it's front seven versus front seven. Right. Right. So yeah, that that would be the difference. When you do
1: the inner squad practices, if, and, and most, Back in the day, until this year, when you do half line against somebody else's team, you want to start a fight, run the opposite way on a half line. Oh yeah. Yeah, go to the go, make your running back carry the football to where no one is playing. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's cheap. What are we doing this for? Everything's a cutoff. Oh no, no, no. Bring the bring the heat to us. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get both sides, but okay. they're so valuable. Then how am I supposed to get ready for live contact? So I thought about this. Well, they're not getting it either. So it's not like anybody has an advantage. Right. Yeah. And unless I don't know I don't know how that makes it safer on game day. Then. You don't get to rep. It's like going into a boxing match and saying in sparring, getting ready for this fight, you can't hit each other in the head. Right. Okay. So the first time I get hit in the head is in the
0: ring. Right. That doesn't make sense. Well, I think that there are some things that you can do with contact, right? Like they're not banning everything in every drill. It's to me, this is we are trying to prevent concussions from these drills that we know lead to concussions. But again, I I don't feel like I've seen (laughs) most of these things in training camp practices, not half line. Yeah, I feel like I've at least seen that where they do half field seven on seven. And that's different because it's not, it, it's passing drill as opposed to um, a running drill. Yeah. And most of the time I spend time watching that. Um, but I feel like I've seen half line before. And if not half line, then it's inside inside handoff. Right, Those are the drills that I think really can help you get used to contact. Okay. Well, if I mean, you are if you are a front seven player or you're an offensive lineman or tight end on on the offense. Right.
1: Right. Sometimes you can't check as an offense and you got to run into the teeth of a defense and you got to be tough enough to get yards.
0: there. Right. You There and, There are situations where you know what's coming. They know what's coming. You got to run it. Anyway. And defensively,
1: same way. Sometimes, you know where it's going and you just got to stick your face in there and make the play. Right. right? So but. I see where they're going. Let's take 99 for a half second, right? The guy is dangerous. The most dangerous guy with his hand down in the National Football League, and he doesn't know where the ball's going. I've seen him rip a face mask off of (laughs) me. And he doesn't know where the ball's going snap So put him in a half line where... It's 99% the ball's coming to him. Come on, dude. Yeah. That poor guard's going to get bent backwards. Yes. Yeah, so I I get it. Yeah.
0: Yes, yes. Um, So those are interesting, and I'm sure that they will take effect over the course uh, of— See, it's uh, the—and I I hate throwing coaches under the bus, but, I mean,
1: those drills are great. I I don't agree with ball in the ring. I think that had a use back in the day. Not now, especially not at this level. Mm -hmm. But— Coaches go on too long with some of those drills hmm. until people get hurt. Right. couple of reps, fine. Get out. Move to the next drill. But, I mean, if you, if you just want me to ram my head into a wall for 45 minutes, you know. That, that doesn't really help anybody. No, I'll, I'll go to I'll go to law school. <laughs>
0: you <know>? Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: Uh, so, wait, do you watch Game of Thrones? Did you watch Game of Thrones? Were you a uh, watcher?
1: Okay, I cheated because I started after everyone because – I wasn't really into it, and then everyone else was into it, and I'm like, okay, I'll check it out, and then I'm like, wow, this is really good. Uh So, I was behind everyone, and then I kind of skipped to the last season.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, you did watch the finale. Yes. What did you think?
1: Okay, now... Mm -hmm. My, it, you have to grade me as an incomplete. I would. What seasons did you? So scan? I am. I am not qualified to talk about the finale. Fair. No. As what? someone who like, I, I want to know. No, Twitter, I just want to know what you thought of it. I see people on Twitter saying I've been watching this since I was sixteen years old. Yeah. I, I even saw Benny Cunningham said that he thanked Johnny Hecker and uh McQuaid for getting them in the game Game of Thrones. Yeah. He loves it. Couldn't wait for the finale. Um, it, it wasn't the best. I mean this. Here's how I'm thinking. This is the yeah. way you're ending this? But I told you, there's no way to end good shows. I think They never end well.
0: No, I think Seinfeld,
1: Seinfeld was terrible. Seinfeld, I'm a little young for that. The, the Seinfeld, Seinfeld finale, terrible. Uh, the Sopranos. Yeah, the most talked about finale of all time. I thought, huh? Lost. Lost. Yes, you can't end good shows well. They never end well. It's hard.
0: They never end well. I I disagree. I think Breaking Bad ended well. I didn't love the ending of Madden. But it wasn't universal. It wasn't universal. You know, people didn't love the end of Breaking Bad. No. I felt that there was payoff and satisfaction, and that's what I'm looking for in my finales. Breaking
1: Bad. This is what I hear from Breaking Bad fans, and I'm a fan, right? Everything about that show was, nothing works out the way it's supposed to. That's the crux of the show, right? Kind of. Until the finale. Now, everything suddenly fits.
0: (laughs) Well, you had, in the story, you had to land the plane. Okay. So to me, like it's about can you land the plane well? Now, what, okay. Yeah, yeah. But I'm curious, what seasons did you skip of Game of Thrones? I don't even want to tell you. I'm telling you, I'm I'm not qualified no, wanna, to talk I about just, the finale. That's why I'm if, skipping that. It. If it's season, like, did you see Cersei blow up everybody? Yes. That was to me. That's the best episode. But out of sequence. Oh, yes, because everybody
1: talked about it. Then I saw it, but I had no idea what the buildup was about. You see what I'm saying? So
0: I, I'm incomplete here. So, yeah, I will say this. The 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 best take I saw on it was from Aaron Rodgers, who actually made a cameo in uh, the fifth episode, yeah. apparently. And I still don't really know who he was. Like people said on Twitter that he was this guy that turned a corner and was burning. But then he seemed to deny that that was him really? in his press conference yeah, that yeah. he had the other day. So neither here nor there. Is he making a heel turn? Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of okay. interesting because it, it is an open question. Because it
1: seems like he's making a heel turn and Rivers is going the opposite way. Maybe. Philip Rivers used to be like the ultimate heel because he talked trash, but yeah. now he's like... Becoming that guy that we like,
0: and Rogers is going the opposite yeah. way. Anyway, go ahead. No, we'll yeah. see. But he basically said that he didn't really love the ending, even though he was in it. And he was like, "Yeah, it was a great experience." And then somebody asked him, "Well, what did you did you like the ending?" He's like, "No." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he said because as Tyrion, you know, <clears throat> mansplains things to everybody. He, I tweeted this. So he became the mansplainer in chief in the last episode, which was just like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he was saying that – Aaron Rodgers was saying that of all the people who had the great story in there, it really probably wasn't Bran. Like Arya had a better story. Sansa had a better story. Tyrion yeah. even had a better story. Jamie Lannister had a better story. He said even Cersei probably had a better story. Cersei is probably my favorite character in the whole thing. No kidding. I love Cersei. She's crazy, and man. I'm telling you, Miles. She blew up everybody. If you,
1: loved, if you spent that much time of your life watching this show, it's never going to end well. And, and it's impossible for
0: them to end it well. It, 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 yeah, it's just it was just a little disappointing. Yeah. And so all my friends that basically I talked to after, all of them were like, "Meh." Yeah. That's How they felt about it. Uh, <laughs> Are you in the John Wick? I'm not. Okay, I am. I love. Yeah. I, I love the the story. I
1: love the movies. Keanu Reeves. I think is he might be the best action hero of all time. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, I've heard I, they're great. And I'm not going to tell you anything about the movie except there's going to be a fourth. Mm-hmm. Right? So y- you have to pick your poison. Either you want finality, this is the end. Like everything is tied up or you want to be frustrated. Like, oh, we got to come back and do this again. Yeah. Yeah. I want more of that. Keep right. the show going. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes.
0: That was. But that's where Avengers. And I think we probably talked about this in the last episode. That's yeah. where Avengers was able to land. Right. True. They gave you a lot of payoff in that movie and Endgame. True. So that's how I guess my uh, Except Loki's standards
1: are. Loki's alive again. Yes. Oh yeah. Where? When they went back in time. See, whenever they go back in time, things change. Gamora's back. She's not dead anymore. No, she was. Th- oh, see, are we releasing spoilers? Are we no. gonna get bad text? I mean, no. are we fair game with Endgame now? A- absolutely. Okay, so Gamora's back. She's not dead anymore.
0: No, but she was dead.
1: Right. She she's back now. Remember, they went back in time. There's a whole different alternate universe. That's the whole point of the of the guardians going off with Thor. Oh. That's the last thing he saw was her face. So they're going to go find her. Huh. Oh yeah. See everything changes again. <laughs>
0: I guess, yeah, yeah but right. that, And that's how they keep it going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. they were there was payoff and finality no for doubt. like Iron Man, Captain America, true, those guys, true, things like that. True, true, so, true. Yeah, yeah. All right. Any other parting shots? That's it. We're done. Yeah, man. It's been it's been over fifty minutes. Really? Oh man, that was fast. Uh, let's see. Parting shot. Um, what, was there something else that
1: you wanted to talk about? We have more a little more time if you really uh, want to. Watching Taylor rap was fun. Um, it's funny, like when you see guys that are dominant in college especially DBs, secondary guys, and they're just dominant. And then they get on a pro field and they start to shrink. Mm -hmm. You start to see their flaws, their weaknesses more than their strengths. You can tell this guy's gonna be pretty damn good. Wherever you line him up, he looks like he's natural. If he's deep, he's got the body language of a deep safety. If you put him in the box, he's got the body language of a box safety. Uh, Takes great angles to the football. The guy I can't wait to see in preseason is Cooper Cup's brother. Kettner. Every single time he's in the drill, he is finishing to the whistle. I like that. I mean, even if he's got to out-pursue everybody 80 yards, he's going to touch that football <laughs> at least once and then go back to the huddle. I can't wait to see this kid go. This is going to be fun. Anything else? Um, what else? What else did we see yesterday? Greg Gaines D- impression and Greg Gaines. new D-line
0: coach. Yeah, we talked about that. Um,
1: yeah, I think that's about it. I think we talked about everything. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, functional strength with offensive linemen. Talked with wit for a minute, Mm -hmm. which was funny. I told you I laughed at him. Yes. Ha 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 ha. Why are you doing this? Because I can. Yes. Then I shut up. Um.
0: (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this edition of Between the Horns for DeMarco from Miles Simmons. We'll see you next time.